we have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Good evening, folks. You're listening to the Hour of the Time. I'm William Cooper. Chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. Time, weather, and... Veteran of three foreign wars, entrepreneur, and warrior poet, Tony Arterburn takes on the issues facing our country, civilization, and planet. This is the Arterburn Radio Transmission. All right, ladies and gentlemen, another week of parapolitics and precious metals. I'm your host, Tony Arterburn, broadcasting from deep in the heart of Texas. I've had people try to correct me on that. They say it's not deep in the heart of Texas. And I said, you're not looking at it, the whole map of Texas. I'm deep in the heart of Texas, (laughs) right here in Denison, Texas. And uh, of course, we are broadcasting in defiance of globalist goblins, the neocons. The neocons, folks, are you are you catching up with my logic here? I've been talking about neocons for years and years, and almost twenty years, and uh, now you're starting to see their true face, like who they really are. We'll talk a little bit about one of the main uh, neocon chicken hawks is trying to drag us into Armageddon, and of course, the new world order, the Build Back Better, Biden, Beelzebub, Baphomet, Bilderberg, uh, Bohemian Grove, Bankster Bunch, all the bees, and. Um, I'm back for another Friday episode. It's the 17th of November, 2023. I'm joined uh, for the second time. She's back on my show. It's been a long time. It's been over two years and a lot's happened, but she's got a new show. Uh, She's got a completely new philosophy. Uh, She's rebranded herself and she's back better than ever. It's Yekka, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome welcome to the Art of Burn Radio transmission, Yekka. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Well, always good to see you. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, nutrition. We'll talk about uh, the apocalypse. Uh, anything that comes to your mind. I know that you're you you dabble in all sorts of well, not just alternative media, but um, holistic medicine, holistic uh, dietary um, philosophy, and I think uh, we got a lot to go over. So we'll definitely go into that and. Um, First of all, I pulled up the headlines, and well, Yek and I were talking off air, and I said, I don't think, um, I don't think there's anything here to, that people are going to learn anything from. I was looking at the headlines of Drudge, and I don't even know where to begin. Uh, let's just let me pull Drudge up real quick, just to share with the audience. And uh, first of all, I know Drudge, you know, leading up after 2016. 
I think it's it's pretty well, uh, fair to assume uh, and logical that Drudge sold whatever he Matt Drudge sold this empire and had a lot of eyes. Still gets a lot of eyes on because it's a news aggregator. But something changed in the narrative, especially going into 2020. You could really see that the shift there that something was different with the Drudge report. It wasn't really catering to the to the right anymore or the center right. Um, but he's gone into this Drudge Report has gone into full weirdo uh, status mode. I mean, it's basically ought to be uh, Mockingbird.com uh, or Operation Mockingbird.com <laughs> instead of Drudge. Let me share the screen real quick. I want to pull up pull up Drudge because these headlines are ridiculous. Uh, just the even even just the tone of it. Let me get back to my screen here. But it says that the White House condemns Musk hate and the fallout spreads a Twitter anti-Jew hotspot and an advertiser freakout. Um, I, I don't even know what this means. Uh, Elon <laughs> Musk has, has not bowed to uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center. Um, the uh, Anti-Defamation League, the ADL, he's said, you know, he's basically hands off and, and he's saying free speech. He's not going to do all the curating that uh, they have done in the past. And that makes him somehow he's enemy number one. Why do I have to defend Elon Musk? First of all, he's a you know, multi-billionaire or whatever he is. And he's a he's plugged in. He's an oligarch. He was uh, greeting Xi Jinping and. um and the actor that plays Biden, he was, he was reading uh, those uh, those figures in, in San Francisco. I don't think he has any problems being um, welcomed into the club of the elite. Um, but there's something weird about these headlines. I, I, I'm having a hard time with this. It's, you know, we've gotten to a point where if you have any dissenting opinion um, to the power structure, they can throw this anti-Semitic stuff at you and it, it falls on its face logic. Now, this used to be a big deal. And I've, I've paid attention to politics since I was a little kid. This used to be a huge deal. It doesn't pack the same punch. It's like being called a racist today. Like if you haven't been called a racist lately, you're probably not doing your job at like calling out ridiculous behavior or double standards or hypocrisy or evil. Um, you're probably not doing a good job. And the same thing goes with um, this label. And I, I, I followed, you know, a great deal of what they are trying to say he has done and it still doesn't make any sense. Um, but I remember when I was a kid, Pat Buchanan, uh, leading up to the first Gulf War, was on the McLaughlin Group, which is one of my favorite shows, which inspired me to be a part of a panel show, which is why I'm on America Unplugged. So, um one of my dreams come true. And so the McLaughlin group was a smart show and leading up to the Gulf War, Pat Buchanan uh, talked about, you know, what the consequences of that war He's like, you know, we'll be sending uh, folks from, from Iowa. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but I was, I'm, he's like, we'll be sending uh, guys named Leroy Brown. And, you know, that has nothing to do with these elites that are directing these wars. It would be just American boys. And he said, you know, the only people that want this war are like the military industrial complex and their amen corner in APAC. And that guy, the APAC, the Israeli, uh, American Israeli political action, I think it's committee, um, 
that got him in huge hot water. Like he was after that, he was just labeled as a as like a basically a neo-Nazi. That that's how powerful that lobby was. I, I don't think they have the same sway. So now they're just throwing everything at if you criticize it at all the war effort. Um, I heard testimony the other day, and I'll have to see if I can find the clip. But somebody was asking one of the, you know, people that set the tone. And I think it was from an agency that monitors like uh, anti-Semitism. And the guy says, well, he goes, I, I have uh, criticized George Soros, which got me in hot water because that's anti-Semitic to criticize George Soros. He goes, is there any way that not critting, criticizing George Soros is just regular criticism? Or does it always have to be anti-Semitic? Same thing with globalism. They have this new label. If you're talking about globalists, that it's somehow kind of a dog whistle that you're anti-Semitic. And he goes, I criticize the UN, which is globalist, and it criticizes Israel. So how do you do the, the mental gymnastics to figure out what part of me is anti So all of this is illogical. Like if you if you break it down and you do the Aristotelian logic, which I know is very hard for people to entertain more than one thought, um, especially when you're just being told what to think um, by social media, but it doesn't make any sense. And I just wanted to start the show off that way because we're leading it. Yek and I wanted to pull up this video from Paul Joseph Watson from summit.news because, well, it's interesting. You've got um, the right is eating itself right now. Um, and it has to do with the war between Israel and Hamas, which is really a war between Israel and Iran and the United States and Iran and its proxy allies uh, and partnering with this, with the House of Saud. I know this is this is more than what the social media will have you believe it's one thing, but it's actually a multi-layered thing with language built in that they don't tell you about because I don't even think the newscasters are smart enough to figure that out. <laughs> but it's this weird feud between Candace Owens, who's been pretty much a bright spot um, in alternative media and, uh, and the right. Uh, she's a smart lady, um, pretty talented. Uh, well-spoken, and uh, Ben Shapiro, who is a uh, a little bully. He likes to go to college campuses and make himself look big because he can um, take a freshman, you know, philosophy major and make them look stupid because they embrace, they embrace cultural Marxism. Um, that's not very hard to do. Uh, he loves war. He's very much in. He loves all things war. Now he's not going to fight. But he loves it for your kids. He desperately needs to have something going on in the Middle East at all times. Um, I, maybe it's like Tinkerbell. If you don't fight wars, Ben Shapiro uh, just ceases to exist. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> the United States is constantly fighting. But let me pull the, the video up and um, Yeka and I can, can break down what's... And it's like an eight-minute video. Maybe we won't get through the whole thing. Um, but I, I wanted to get Yaka's take on this too. So stand by. Let me stop my previous screen. Go to the next one. By the way, thanks everybody for being here. I'll go to the Rockfin chat here in uh, about 20 minutes and we'll check in with everybody. Uh, that's R-O-K-F-I-N.com. Rockfin, you can go to the America Unplugged channel. And don't forget freeworld.fm. I'm going to be talking about that uh, towards the end of the show. I'm still working on the tech to get 
loaded up, but I will be broadcasting next week on um, our own station. And uh, hopefully Yeka will have a show very soon. She's got a new podcast out. I definitely want to talk about that. All right. So we're going to go pull up this um, video with <laughs> Shapiro. Some of it's pretty funny. All right. Uh, let's just start playing it. Lots and some Finally, some juicy drama. Why is that? At last, Ben Shapiro might have picked an argument he can't win. Must be with someone other than a confused 18-year-old college student then. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Wow, I haven't seen someone turn on their ally this bad since the USS Liberty incident. <laughs> <laughs> I think, that, I think that her, her faux sophistication on these particular That's issues has been ridiculous. Faux sophistication? What, like saying no government has the right to commit genocide? <laughs> At first there was radio silence from both Candace and Shapiro. Wait, wait what's this? <laughs> Candace spilled the tea with Tucker. Well, kind of. What is that about? You know, there isn't much of a background. I saw the video when everybody else saw it when I woke up. I can't respond to it beyond what he's saying because it's just ad hominem attacks. I don't know. Yeah, because it's not, you know, we disagree or yeah. I, you know, I, I don't think she's correct or maybe she doesn't know what she's talking about. It's absolutely disgraceful. Yeah, exactly. And so I can't respond to it on a level of intellect because there, there's nothing that he has expressed in that, at least in that short clip that he fundamentally disagrees with in terms of what I said. But I will say that I'm not going to respond with the same ad hominem attacks. Yes. I don't think it helps further discussion. And it, if I, that was me that was caught on a video saying that about colleagues that I work with, I would be embarrassed. I would. So I think that the video speaks more to Ben's character than it speaks to mine. Has he texted you to apologize or explain or anything? No, nothing. I haven't heard a single word. She pretty much took the high ground, so maybe you're thinking that was the end of it. Oh, no. The beef massively escalated after Candace tweeted, you cannot serve both God and money. And Shapiro shot back, Candace, if you feel that taking money from the Daily Wire somehow comes between you and God, by all means quit. Forced to quit for quoting Bible verses. I employ tons of Christians. I've given them the freedom and the platform to share their faith. <laughs> the fight then literally became biblical. Christ is king. We don't believe in the divinity of Christ. I think he was a Jew who tried to lead a revolt against the Romans and got killed for his trouble. She really didn't hold back. You've been acting unprofessional and emotionally unhinged for weeks now. We've all had to sit back and allow it and have all tried to exercise exceeding understanding for your raw emotion. But you cross a certain line when you come for scripture and read yourself into it. I will not tolerate it. Candace basically accusing Ben of allowing feelings to dominate his facts. <laughs> what could she possibly be referring to? Benny threatening nuclear war. I have to, I have to stop it there just to say, uh, Am I wrong for enjoying this so much? I know that it's petty and it has really no, no bearing on the outcome of any of the horribleness that we're looking at, but I have tried to get people to understand for years and years and years that these there's certain commentators and personalities out there that are not your friend. They really don't have American interests, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, hearth and home, uh, history and heroes, they don't have that same outlook that you do. They're dressed up. They're dressed up as something that you can't see for whatever reason. And it's been this way on the right for a long time. I'll, I'll never forget uh, hearing certain hosts, radio hosts in Dallas, talk about how wonderful Max Boot was. I don't know if you know who Max Boot is, Yekka, but 
this guy, I mean, you talk about a revolutionary Trotskyite uh, that doesn't believe, like, isn't a Christian person. It hasn't had nothing to do with Christian values or anything. It has everything to do with the United States is only good if it's going around and blowing things up and creating democracies. And, you know, you'd hear commentators say, well, Max Boot's so conservative and he's so good on foreign policy, and but he wouldn't support Trump and other things. And I go, but they've never been on your side. And this is just, an ex I think, one of those times when you get to see who people really are, uh, especially in a time when, you know, Israel's attacked and you got these commentators just come out unhinged and they come out of the woodwork um, it, saying that, you know, it's our responsibility and this is our fight. Everything has to do. It's Israel first. And I just find it just kind of disturbing. Any any thoughts on that, Yeka? Um, yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, it's, um, uh, I'm putting you on I the spot. That, you know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I told him, like, I'm not gonna, I'm just doing the exact episode I said I wouldn't do, which is so interesting. Um, you know, but it, it, it's obviously, you know, there, there's a feud and it, it, I think some of this infighting is always good. Um, Especially because you get to kind of see, like somebody, are you going to get, are you going to have more respect for Candace Owens now or less? Right? Just looking right, at, yeah. if you were just objective and looking at, you're going to have more, I, I would personally have more respect for Candace Owens because there's mm -hmm. so much of the media and alternative media and the right is dominated by um, those who would put, you know, a, a Israeli first uh, foreign policy um, out in front of everything else. And I think that, I think that's pretty clear now. I mean, the opening line with Paul Joseph Watson, I haven't seen anybody turn on their allies since the USS Liberty. I mean, that's pretty good. Um, and it's healthy to discuss history and, you know, what really is, I mean, uh, we, it, not everything is black and white, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think they're both just, you know, showing their true colors of who they really are in this whole scenario. Well, I think so too. Uh, and I think there's going to be more of these schisms uh, coming out. Just if you're paying attention to politics, I think you're going to see more of this, um, this type of infighting, which is healthy because we've needed to have a break. Like, you know, three, four weeks ago, the right was anti-war because we had, uh, it was Ukraine and Zelensky. It was clearly a globalist operation and, uh, the left, you know, it has that that meme that, that floats around with the MPC and they're taking the chip out of the back of the head and it's, you know, stay safe, uh, stay home and get your uh, get your jab. And they take that out and they put Ukraine in, um, you know, just programming the MPCs and, and people. Kind of, I think a lot of the people on the right, they're skeptical of the uh, the powers that be as they should. Uh, we're stepping back and. Um, but then they got what I call the Goldilocks war because, you know, the the left had Ukraine. Now the right has Israel and Hamas. And, you know, you can be I, I hate to break it to you, folks, but you can you can actually have an opinion of neutrality and saying, I don't I don't I think terrorizing people any on either side is bad. I think that uh, human beings have a right to live and a right to exist. And there's a lot of, I mean, if you go back through the Israel-Palestine conflict, I mean, you talk about complication. 
Um, it's not what you think it is. And so if you step back and, and be objective and just say, you know, uh, prayers for, for peace and for, for cooler heads to prevail and some sort of um, some sort of outcome that doesn't involve, uh, you know, a Carthaginian peace. If anybody knows what that means, it's just like a, a wasteland, kind of like what, uh, you know, Don Jeffries has talked about this on America Unplugged. Uh, the secretary of the treasury for FDR was named Morgenthau. And uh, during World War II, there was the Morgenthau plan. He wanted to have this plan implemented. Now, Morgenthau uh, was himself Jewish. And he, he uh, proposed that after World War II, that Germany just be absolutely reduced to an agricultural state, like stripped of all of its economy, uh, its industrial capability, um, you know, displacing millions of people, uh, make taking the cities and um, just leveling them, make, making it a, like a farmland. I mean, it's just that's what's called a Carthaginian peace. And that's what a lot of people on the right are, are proposing now for Gaza and um, in the outcome there. So it doesn't make you any friends because if you say, well, I'm, I object to uh, being anywhere associated to something like that because it's not Christian, it's not humanitarian, it's not just, it's not in the American character, I don't want to be a part. Then you get saying, well, you're, you're siding with the terrorists. And um, I mean, it's just there's a no win here. They did. This is uh, something that and then you got a Goldilocks war. You got something for the right, something for the left. And uh, I don't want any. I know where I know where that leads to. Um, I'm, I'm hijacking the whole show. I'm so used to doing my show by myself. I don't even let Yekka talk. She's just looking at me like, well, I'm, she's probably going to put up a sign that says help. I got to get out of here. Uh, <laughs> going to plug, plug your, uh, plug your show. I'll, um, if she's got a new uh, show folks yeah. and nope. <laughs> go ahead. I think she was breaking up a little bit there. <laughs> You're just breaking up a little bit, but I was going to say you have a new show, right? Yes. I'm on YouTube, Rumble, Twitter, um, and other pages at Yeah Yeka. Yes. And um, mm -hmm. mostly covering health stuff, but also some femininity and conspiracies and Christ consciousness stuff about the Bible That's right. and all that good stuff. <laughs> what What did we come up with? It was uh, uh, carnivore. Conspiracies. Um, uh, it it was a uh, culture carnivore conspiracies and consciousness. There you go. That's what I was looking for. All right. Well, yeah. Go check her out. Pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. But find her on YouTube. Find her over on Twitter. She's going to be doing some live streams soon. She's going to be on FreeWorld.fm, and she's going to be on America Unplugged tomorrow. So go and follow her, yes. folks. She's <laughs> She's got a very interesting take. She's another one of those. She's part of our tribe uh, where we uh, we look into, um, you know, and do our research. We try to find what what is the truth. And uh, we bring our, our best research uh, when we go on air. Um, looking at uh, on rockfin.com, there's a Liberty broadcast. I don't know who that is. 
Um, and that's uh, Yekka used to be a part of that. You can say hi, Yekka, to the Liberty Broadcast. Uh, Patrick S. over in the chat. And there's Guard Goldsmith, somebody who I need to have back on the show, and I need to get on his show. <laughs> Guard Goldsmith says Tony is the king. Uh, I don't know about that, my friend. Uh, I think I think when I do, when you do as much content as as quality content as Gardner Goldsmith, um, I think that deserves the crown. So um, ha happy to serve the king. If if maybe guards the king, or David Knight is, or maybe, <laughs> and it's not me. Um, my inconsistent shows, which are going to get better. I'm I, I think we're like in three Fridays in a row. Am I right? Yeah, I don't know. You probably keep up with it better than I do. I, I have no idea anymore. I'm just trying to I'm trying to show up because I, I was accused of ghosting my audience uh, last week. <laughs> I think it's two, two Fridays. Okay. All right. Well, I'm always the optimist, but uh, good to see everybody in the chat. All right. Um, so yesterday I, I was on with David Knight and uh, we usually talk on Thursdays around 9.30 a.m. Central Time. Uh, I go on for 30 minutes or so and talk about the markets and talk about gold and silver and uh, the monetary system. But yesterday, I saw a story from Kitco, and I've been thinking about it for the last 24 hours. Uh, it, it, I, I didn't intend on talking about it. But it was just such a weird blurb that I had never seen before. And I and it kind of answered some questions that I'd always had. Um, by the way, we're switching gears. We're going to talk about uh, gold because um, <laughs> this is the Artburn Radio Transmission. And that's what we do. Um, it turns out there's a researcher on it. If you go to kitco.com, you can still see the article. And I'll see if I can pull it up. But there was a researcher who really dug into the amount of gold that China has. And this is an interesting story because it's it's long been assumed that the United States is the largest holder of gold in the world. Um, and it's been safe to assume that because since the 1950s, we just dominated everything. Um, now, we went off the gold standard in 1971, but we still held the world's uh, the, the lion's share of the, of the gold in the world for a country. It's around 8,000 tons or so estimated. Well, since 2009, every country on earth has become a net buyer. Every, every central bank of note has become a net buyer of gold. And, and that's because the, the U.S. started to lose share of the, as the world reserve currency. And we had the breakdown of 2008 and, the banks that were too big to fail and too big to jail and all the rest. And they started moving away and, and, and instead of selling off gold, started buying. Well, China kept a lot of their buying off the books. And I've been reading about this for years and I wondered why would they do that? Why would they just keep stuff? They, I'm a, and, you know, if you look at their numbers, it wasn't like they could really compete with the United States as far as, far as how much, gold they actually had and if you look at the numbers though and what's really weird is china stopped exporting gold a long time ago that's one thing two they opened up massive amounts of gold mining across their country over the years especially since mao Zedong tongue died and uh 
think they had Cho in line. They had a couple of other, uh, for sure, dictators. I know by the Blinken got mad at Biden a couple of days ago for saying that, but that's exactly what they are. They started to promote uh, gold production in the company or country. They have 60,000 gold mines in China, 60,000, and no gold leaves. And you also have the Shanghai Exchange. I know Robert Kiyosaki, who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, had invested a lot of money, had uh, spent a lot of time, had found a gold mine in China with a large vein, and they were they were uh, raising money to get it out of the ground. And just at that time, the Chinese pulled his, they just basically let his business license lapse, and they nationalized the mine. So they're very interested in taking gold and, and hoarding gold. And there's a researcher on Kitco who's put it together that if you actually did the numbers and look at how much they imported, how much they've kept off their books and what they have total, it looks to be like 33,000 tons in the country and then about 16,000 tons uh, held by the state, which would be double what the United States has. And I'd, I'd finally go, I see what this was all about. And I knew that they were hoarding to make their, I mean, obviously, folks don't really understand. I mean, the countries will hide their nuclear secrets um, less than they hide their gold. I mean, it's, it's hard to find out where these countries keep their gold, like Russia. It's very secretive. Uh, same thing with China. So it's a it's an underlying game that people are playing. This is what I wanted to get into everybody with is because if you look at the uh, the numbers here, if this is true or even remotely true, or even if they're just matching us, um, because the the United States is not buying gold and hasn't bought gold since the fifties, because we went off the gold standard and we're the world's reserve currency, it's actually an enemy. Gold is an enemy to the dollar because when the dollar if you look at, you know, gold went up 2,000% from 1971 to 1979. It's up 2,000% in the 70s. Did the stock market do that? No. And the reason it, it didn't is because the dollar lost purchasing power. That's what that really means. When you see gold going up, it means the dollar is losing ground. And there's a really strange phenomenon that's been happening in our time where the Fed has been trying to raise rates to strengthen the dollar, and that usually drives gold down, but it hasn't. It's because all these banks around the world are buying it. So there's something interesting going on here, folks. This is why I want to bring to your attention. You know, we're talking about the elites have the term the Great Reset or the New World Order, uh, Build Back Better, whatever the hell you want to call it. That's, that is a term for a new system, and they're building it. So you need to be aware that these type of geopolitical moves are happening beyond the headline. Like that, like that, what I just said will never make CNBC until it's too late. Like they're never going to talk about that because that's a huge game changer. What they're talking about right now in financial networks, they're, they're talking about something called a Santa rally because they think Santa is built because the, the Federal Reserve is going to supposedly lower interest rates to to get more cheap liquidity in the markets is going to drive stocks up temporarily. And there's going to be a Santa moment. Well, Santa isn't real and neither of those stocks. I'm sorry. The companies in our mainline companies anymore are not profitable. 
what I mean, mo, mo, it's not profit like you would have thought of in the time of your fathers and grandfathers. It's not the same thing. So this is just something to be aware of. I, I found that story. Go check it out for yourself. I'll see if I can find it and put it in the show notes. It's hard to do when I'm live. And I just thought of it because there's also an article from Peter Schiff on Zero Hedge. And we can put that one up about the death of inflation. This is greatly exaggerated because it absolutely is. Here, let me stop this one. Um, Yeka, do you like the the overall chaos of my show do you appreciate do you appreciate that because you don't know where you you do you like the <laughs> lack of structure yes <laughs> do you appreciate the lack of structure okay all right this it is makes uh so special makes you feel special <laughs> uh feel special being caught in the vortex of of all things chaotic here on the on the transmission. Um, yeah, so again, this is Peter Schiff. The death of inflation is greatly exaggerated. Uh, the October CPI, the Consumer Price Index, came in lower than expected, sparking a rally in stocks, bonds, and gold. Cooling prices reinforced the belief that the Federal Reserve won the inflation fight and the rate hiking cycle is over. In his podcast, Peter Schiff explained why the demise of inflation is greatly exaggerated. Well, uh, yeah, what we're looking at here is it's an actual, in my opinion, and I'm just going to paraphrase a lot of what Peter's saying. It's, it's a slowdown in the economy, and it looks like it's a slow in consumer demand. It's a slow in, in the uh, money velocity, which basically is, is given the illusion that um, prices are stabilizing. Um, they're not because you're still talking about massive damage that's been done. Uh, 80% of all the dollars ever created, uh, were created over the last, uh, uh 48 months or so. And that's have that's had, I, I think unintended consequences. We can't fathom the amount of damage that's really been done, uh, to the purchasing power of the dollar, uh, given that, uh, you know, the, the debauchery of, of a currency. It says the rise in, in CPI was 3.1%, slightly below the 3.2% projection. Core inflation also came in at a tick below expectations. Peter reiterated this is hardly seems like a cause for celebration. <laughs> yeah, the CPI was 3.1, slight, slightly below the 3.2 projection, but everybody's celebrating. Boy, they doesn't take much to get Wall Street excited anymore. It's like we were expecting that, and it's 0.1%. Oh, my goodness, it's supposed to be point two. Uh, as a result of these numbers, which were almost exactly what everybody thought they were going to be, the expectations for a rate hike have plunged. And the expectations for the 2024 rate cuts have moved up quite a bit. So as a result, uh, supposedly great news on inflation. The markets believe the Fed is pretty much done. The war on inflation has been won. The Fed has been victorious. And now it starts... Uh, taking its troops off the battlefield. Um, no, it's not. I, this is, you know, when Peter Schiff's talking about, I think is uh, that line is, what was it? Was it at Twain? It was Mark Twain. Um, somebody wrote his obituary and he wrote back that his, the death, that the uh, rumors of his death were greatly exaggerated. Yeah. This is, this is the same thing. Um, the, the real issue with the dollar 
in my opinion, is the fact that less and less countries are using it. I saw an article up a couple of days ago that Iraq, the country of Iraq, uh, the, the democracy we're going to make in the Middle East. Uh, I was there. They used to use dollars openly because their currency died in real time. I got to watch that. Um, their currency collapsed um, with the U.S. invasion and it became worthless. And so people use dollars. Now it's illegal. Like they don't they're not allowing their citizens to use them. Um, because they're moving away from it. And uh, because of the things like the sanctions that we have and the other systems, they want to get on board with new systems. They're, they're oil petroleum rich. Um, their government is, is, is Shia controlled, which is, uh, has an alliance with Iran, which is why we supplied Iraq in the 80s to kill Iranians, because we didn't want that to happen. But somehow the invasion that we did, you see where this is going. I'm very skeptical on all things that are geopolitical uh, smart set have done. And uh, now these countries are moving away from the from the dollar. So that's really what's behind, uh, you know, anything. The market is secondary to the Fed, folks. The Fed cares about the status it has globally. It doesn't care about you. It doesn't care about your portfolio. It'll bail itself out first. It doesn't care about uh, how well your uh, stocks are doing it just doesn't the economy is way down the list now if it can have both if it can have uh trust and have usability around the world and uh, you know put a stronghold on on to uh, other countries to make them use the dollar and you also are doing okay then so be it but that's why i think jerome powell will continue to send a signal that the dollar is strong because they want these countries used. They, they know that winners and losers can be picked in the U.S. And they, if they're always king dollar, they'll always find a way out. But I don't know what they're going to do with an election year coming up. It's going to be really hard with the economy is going to be faltering. I, I don't know. Uh, I just know I don't save dollars. Uh, this is a long way of saying don't do that. Uh, you're going to get caught flat foot. In my opinion, do your research. Don't listen to a thing I say, but I go and Look at the history of, of paper currencies not backed by anything, and uh, and look at and look at what's something called counterparty risk. You know, when you have a stock or you have you save in a banking system, there's counterparty risk. That that risk is that party could pull out or do something different or change the amount of units that that they have in circulation uh, and devalue your holdings. Um, yeah, like. Well, who's, what's the latest from Enron? How's Enron doing? <laughs> People that had Enron stock or WorldCom, right? Or were you an executive? Did you have some um, preferred stock with Lehman Brothers, perhaps? Uh, that's called counterparty risk. But when you hold a gold coin in your hand, that's yours. There's no counterparty risk. Gold is just gold. Same thing with silver. If you've got a 100-ounce silver bar or a one-ounce silver coin, it doesn't matter. There's no counterparty risk. And that's what... I think in the future, this is one of the reasons I do my show is to tell people this is something you need to understand because there's going to be major changes in how all of the system works and these short term rallies and all the stuff. I don't even get into it. I'm not paying attention to it. I'm for the long, the long haul. And um, and so are these other countries, you know, the BRICS nations, the Chinese, they're in for the long haul as well. All right. Um, 
I want to plug here for a second, and then I want to talk to Yeka a, a little bit more uh, about what she's working on and her philosophy and how people can find her, all that good stuff. We've got about uh, 16 minutes or so, um, give or take. So, um, folks, we, we've got freeworld.fm, okay? Um, I'm so proud of it. I was in Las Vegas uh, with the Nevada people. I, I, I set up some new corporate structures, and we've got a company. The parent company is uh, Free World Media. Um, we're going to be setting up an online store. It's a whole community that's going to be going on. It's going to support free speech. Um, just a few of us that are in charge of the media company, me, right, and a few others, Billy Ray Valentine, especially. Uh, so we're going to control the quality, uh, and we're going to make sure that it's a grift-free zone. We don't have any grifters, um, and it's just going to be people that are from the heart, love of the. And not everybody has to agree. It's going to be a lot of diverse voices, but it's going to be a a lifeboat for free speech. Um, that's one of the you know I've been blessed the last couple three years to be able to expand Wise Wolf and uh, promises that I've made to people where hey if I'm doing okay. I'm going to put it right back into things that I care about, and that is uh, free speech, ideas, uh, freedom, liberty, uh, you know, Christian civilization, um, just humanity in general. I'm putting that right back uh, into the system, and we're creating another lifeboat for free speech. So go to freeworld.fm, uh, sign up for newsletters, uh, sign up to you know get contacted when a show goes live. Uh, we got a lot of great stuff coming out there, and like I said, a new a new store will, will be coming out soon. And one of the ways we support that is through um, my company. It's Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. Uh, everything is open source. Uh, I don't charge anybody any kind of fees to to know what I think. I put everything out in the public domain. You can you can call or text me if you want to. You have a question about gold gold and silver? You can go through my team. You can get to me if you need to. Um, we got a great team in Branson. We got one in. Uh, Denison, Texas. So we got two physical locations. Um, so that's anything you want to buy or sell gold or silver. I, I, it doesn't matter. Um, I've got you covered. Um, we've also got the membership program called Wolfpack. And uh, Yek has been doing a lot of great stuff on social media with us and really helped change our accounts. Like I turn our accounts around and is uh, working with my team in Branson and uh, with Maddie. So we're, I'm really, really proud of, of the team, and, and Yek has been a part of that. And uh, so we got Wolfpack um, membership programs. I just tell you, it, it, folks, if you think you can't afford precious metals, you're absolutely wrong. I say this every week. Um, what you know, if you got a, a plan to buy some precious metals, go check out uh, Wolfpack. It's a great way to just to, to you can structure yourself. You can cash flow. Uh, you don't have to go make a, a you know four thousand, you know, five thousand, six thousand dollar you know purchase at a time. Go make it at fifty or one hundred and twenty five or two fifty a month, and just set it and put it on automatic. There's no contract or anything. And we're going to give you a diverse set of uh, coins, bars. I mean, all kinds of. This is stuff that I get that comes through the shop, and it's stuff that I get from the exchanges. And the more people that join the better deals I can get everybody. So go to wolfpack.gold, check that out. There's free constitutional silver for anybody that joins. Right now it's an open promotion. You can do promo code 1776. It's already in the system. Um, so go check that out. Um, all right. So I'm 
my guest again is is Yeka. She's tolerated the uh, the chaos here on the show uh, for the better part of it. I I told her I was like I'm I'm going to talk about two or three different things and it may get strange and I'll do some you know once the, the lines of logic did finally wind up in some sort of linear space here. I think they actually do make sense if you look at it in reverse. So uh, thanks <laughs> Yeka for being here again. Um, you got a new podcast out. Um, and you were breaking up earlier a little bit, but we, uh, you and I were texting back and forth and was thinking about themes for the show. And it has a lot to do with, uh, you know, conversations you uh, you and I have had in the past. Um, but what, what are the C's again? Tell me. They are um, culture. Carnivore. Carnivore, <laughs> conspiracies, and Christ consciousness. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah, it's uh, it's culture, mm -hmm. carnivore, um, conspiracies, and Christ consciousness. Now the three, the four C's. So that's uh, that's going to be Yekka's podcast, and um, she's already done. Are you on episode two? Uh, no, my I just posted my third one yesterday. Oh, episode three. Okay, well I'm behind. Third. So episode three is out. Um, so give give her some support. I'm we're uh, I'm going to talk to. Uh, to the team, but I'm pretty sure we can get her a broadcast over on America Unplugged channel uh, here on Rockfin. Um, she's got a lot of interesting stuff to say. And, you know, if you go to her Instagram, uh, you are the eat meat queen, which um, did you did. I, I was thinking about this in the gym today. When, when you pick that name, did you, did you also look at maybe carnivore queen or do you just think I'm the eat meat? What was the. Where does that stem from? Uh, yeah, carnivore queen was taken. Um, a lot of a lot of meat queen, like I think meat queen also was taken, and and uh, but yeah, I just I wanted it to be kind of a regal name. Okay. And I had to took me a few days to come up with it, and so I finally landed on that, and because no one else had that, so. Well, t tell me about what that what that means to you. You're promoting an animal based uh is this is this in line with paleo is this is, is this another type is this another philosophy what is carnivore so carnivore is essentially just eating animal products like meat eggs and dairy um but there's a lot of different takes on it like animal based is a new way of eating and so people those the animal based way of eating like you still eat a small amount of fruits and vegetables and so a lot of um, a lot of uh, it's about like 90 percent animal based. That's about how what I eat right now. Um, but I've done strict carnivore in the past and have seen it help me in all sorts of ways. It's helped me lose fat, gain muscle. It's helped with depression. It's helped with mental clarity. It's helped with inflammation, uh, debilitating joint pain I used to have. And I used to do coaching for a little while with carnivore and I've literally helped people get off of their medications, their uh, diabetes medications, their inflammation medications, their antidepressants. And it's just really amazing to see all of the goodness that just eating meat does. And, you know, it's not really for everybody, but if you are having some serious health issues, I highly recommend looking into it and not just like physical health issues, but mental health issues. Those, it's just a top thing that it really helps with. And, um, but just 
my Eat Meat Queen page on Instagram. I just like to promote for people to eat more meat. I like to post recipes on there and tips and things like that. And sometimes I'll do local cow shares with the local rancher here in Texas. I haven't done one in a while, but I'll get a group together so we can all pitch in and get some beef from a local rancher and um, just just like to promote health and wellness over there on that page. So this is like, so carnivore itself would be, would be apart from say something like, like Atkins, like when I knew when I was a kid, like Atkins was, you know, you could, you could have the protein, uh, you could have the, you know, the chicken breasts and you could eat low carb vegetables. Like is broccoli part of carnivore or is like, you know, you can obviously have cheese and dairy and things like that, but it's different. You've mentioned it's different from something like Atkins because uh, Atkins was, uh, was low fat. Is that true? Right. Yeah. And so if you're trying to do strict carnivore, there's technically vegetables allowed. Like the closest to a vegetable you could get spices, like seasonings to put on your meat, um, or like mustard and husks. Um, but if you're doing more of animal-based style um it's it's a small percentage usually the people that promote animal-based don't really recommend vegetables they recommend more fruit because it's a lot of vegetables have oxalates and they're the plant's defense mechanism because they don't want you to eat them and so i actually go over a little bit about that on um one of my episodes that i recently posted and uh so if you want to live more animal-based it's mostly the thing with like Atkins and stuff like that, there's not really a big emphasis on the meat. It's just like, yeah, you eat meat and not like, no, most of what you eat is meat. And so with animal based and um, carnivore, the main focus of your meal is meat. And so like a lot of times I'll just have a couple burger patties, you know, with some cheese and mayo. Um, if I'm feeling crazy, I'll have like half an avocado or something like that. Or sometimes I'll eat a salad, <laughs> but crazy. you know, you don't really need a salad. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, so I'll just eat a salad for fun. Um, you know, it, it usually doesn't really do me any good <laughs> when I eat a salad. And so, um, but yeah, it's with the animal based, you don't want to really stay away from the fat because you're not really eating carbs. So your body doesn't like you need a source of fuel. So if you're not using carbs for fuel, you have to replace it with something else. And the only other option is fat. So you want to definitely make sure that you're getting your fats and eat all that butter and beef tallow and all the good stuff. How do you feel like uh, carnivore? Like <laughs> so that's about you. Well, you preemptively answered a question that I was posing, which was how does carnivore fit into you know, you talk about your um, affinity for conspiracies or you look into conspiracy, but I was going to ask how does, well, obviously it fits in because you don't believe the standard narrative on health or nutrition. And so that makes you right. question whether the narrative on history is real or the news yeah. itself. Is that, am I correct? Yeah. So when I discovered carnivore, um, I had health issues and health issues were also like a problem in my family. And so when I discovered carnivore and got to experience the healing effects of it, I was like, oh my gosh, literally everything we were taught 
growing up was a lie, which like I wasn't surprised because I was already, you know, questioning the government at that time. But when I found out about carnivore, I was like, everything is a lie. The food pyramid is a lie. Like they tell you to eat more bread than anything. And, you know, if you're not careful what kind of bread you're eating, you're literally just stuffing yourself with glyphosate and poison and GMOs and all this like poison. And so um, when I discovered that, I realized that uh, this is, you know, just the way, the optimal way to eat. And you're actually getting nutrient dense food that's actually highly absorbable. Um, because if you do follow what the government tells you to eat, you're just going to be eating a bunch of processed foods and a bunch of Roundup uh, laced produce. And now also we have uh, Bill Gates' new appeal produce coating that's supposed to help uh, the shelf life of produce, fruits and vegetables, and even organic. And there's really like no information on this appeal product out there. Like you can try to look it up, but you can't really find anything on there. And there's no studies done on it or anything. So they're just like, this. that's another thing that makes me like really scared to eat <laughs> fruits and vegetables, especially when I go out because you know, I, I don't want to be asking everywhere I go, like, hey, do you use this appeal coating on your pro? Like, they're not going to know what the heck that is. <laughs> it's it's so, getting um, worse and worse. You got to eat it. I mean, it's like you got to just start eating at home. And I and I'm the kind of I get busy and uh, it's convenient to, eat it. you know, there's a place up the street. I have to go get Mexican food. And uh, and I'm, I, I just more and more I'm like, where are you sourcing your food? Like I start thinking about it because of the new injections that are in the food supply and all of the all the antibiotics and i mean just you have to think about it sometimes you can suspend disbelief just try to enjoy your day but we're just bombarded by this um all right so we got i want you to plug yourself real quick uh because it's you know where people find you because i only got like two minutes and then i want to ask you a quick question okay yeah you can find me at yeah yeka on YouTube, Twitter, Rumble, and Podbean. And then on my Instagram, it is Eat Meat Queen. Okay. Well, we got about a minute 40. And this is, I want to tell you what I had for dinner. And you can grade it on a scale from uh, <laughs> C, B, or A. Okay. Okay. And it can be minus or plus. All right. Uh, I went to the grocery store and I got one of those. Uh, big bowls of cut fruit, you know, so they like strawberries, uh, pineapples, melons, uh, things like that. I ate the whole thing and I had a New York strip. Um, I had that for dinner, but I also had uh, two cores originals. Did I, uh, did I just, did I <laughs> zero out everything good that I did? Right. You know, cause I had kind of a carnivore fruit and meat thing. And then did I destroy it because I, I drank beer? <laughs> how bad did i do it's, a, CB it's kind or a. of a loaded answer it's kind of a loaded answer <laughs> to be honest you know it's like everything is poison i was going to send you this article about melon uh being contaminated with salmonella in the u.s and canada like recently <laughs> and so <laughs> like if it's not organic if you don't know where it came from it's you know it's it can be total garbage <laughs> but also you know it's better than ordering a pizza or going right. to subway you know so or, I, I did better than getting than some say, way lower quality you know, food so i wouldn't say it's that okay. bad i would say um, b minus <laughs> i think 
I think you're being generous, but I'll take it. I'm not All counting right, the course. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's yeah, Yeka. Uh, go find her anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, we'll be back next week. This has been the Arterburn Radio Transmission. You guys take care of each other. End of transmission.